the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. For those of you who are watching or listening or doing both, uh, and whatever time of the day it is that you happen to be tuned into this broadcast, we, we are, are grateful to have you. And you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. And on, on this broadcast, we try to interview people just like you who God has touched and encourage them to be Jesus' hands and feet, not only, you know, at home, not only in the workplace, but wherever they happen to be. And my guests for this half hour are Scott and Sandra Bauer. And, um, and Scott, you, you are a nuclear physicist. Is that your background? A, I, a little I, bit I, different. A little bit. Well, okay. Well, okay. What is it? What, what is your background? Well, I was a, a nuclear engineer for Arizona okay. Public Service Company at the Palo Verde Nuclear Generating Station. Okay. That one that we're always afraid is going to explode and, and drop radiation all over us? <laughs> I'm never afraid of that. Okay. I'm not either. I'm not either. Yeah. It's not Chernobyl for, for sure. Yeah. And Sandra, uh, I understand you have a, an educational background. That's correct. Yes. Okay. I love teaching. You love teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, w- thank you very much, both of you, for being here. I, I would like each of you to kind of give the elevator speech, you first, Steve, and then you, Sandra, of, um, of what it is that specifically, what is it that God has called you to do to be Jesus' hands and feet? Steve? Scott. But okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, you know, over the years, Sandra and I have been both both been involved in the Pathways to Global Understanding organization, where we've taught and trained many people in the church what it means to, you know, understand God's heart for the nations and to take His name to the nations. So we've trained people in that. Uh, we've talked about different roles involved in that as goers, people that go to the nations, senders people that send the people to the nations, and then those who um, receive the nations here in the United States. And so primarily during our work career, Sandra and I have been involved in receiving. And what what do you mean receiving? Well, we've um, met, we've had multiple occasions where we have 
engaged foreign students through universities. Uh, for example, when we were in Washington, D.C., we got involved with the campus ministry at Georgetown University, and we were paired up. Well, we were brought to a meeting where we were given the opportunity to meet and befriend foreign students who wanted to meet American uh, people. And so at that meeting, there were a number of single students, obviously, and then there was this one couple. So Sandra and I gravitated toward that one couple and basically befriended them, um, became really good friends, went out to dinner, had them at our home. Okay. Okay, Scott, we're going to come back to that. Okay. Uh, um, we're getting into the the real program rather than the elevator speech. Okay. And uh, so, so, Sandra, let me come to you. What What is... What is your brief summary of what it is that how God has called you to be Jesus' hands and feet? Well, I think it's so important for each of us to just um, be praying for God opportunities and then be willing to step into those, um, whether it's um, welcoming new students. Um, I've had international students who didn't speak any English that we've welcomed into our home and became friends with. Um to be aware of how the Spirit's leading you and to reach out and love other people wherever they're from or in whatever situation. Okay. But you've also been involved with um, with uh, abused children or, um, or children at risk, up, uh, indigenous children in Alaska? Yes. I've been involved in the Royal Family Kids Camp, which is a camp for children in foster care and about 80%, 80-85% of our kids are Alaska Native children. And so it's just a week uh, or two of really concentrated loving on these kids. And we present the gospel to them in the morning and the evening in a fun way. And we have um, two cousins who are like camp counselors, and they just love on these kids. And so it's just a focused time of sharing Jesus's love for those couple weeks. Okay. Now, did you, that's Alaska. That's a little way away. Did you, do you commute there every day, every every week or what? I lived up there for 23 years. Oh. We lived up north of the Arctic Circle for some of that time. And I just have a real love for the native Alaskans. So I go up there for a couple of weeks during the summertime and um, do this camp. So okay. I'm the um, Bible teacher, and then do games and whatever else is needed. All right. Okay, uh, Scott. Let's come back to you now. Let's go back to the to the after the uh, elevator speech and uh, our description of what it is God has called you to do. So, tell us about that couple that you were starting to tell us about, and how God used you to impact their lives. So the couple's from India. And um, like I said, among, you know, there were a number of single students there, and we gravitated toward this couple. We befriended them, um, had them to our house for dinner. We went to their house for dinner, went out to dinner. We just enjoyed their company immensely and became good friends. They called us for for advice on different issues. Um, we were regularly in their lives, and um, so we made a point to make space in our life for them. And then um, he and she and the wife ended up getting a job up in Baltimore. So we were living in Washington, D.C. at the time. So she moved. they moved to Baltimore, but they still would drive down to, to meet with us. We would drive up and meet them in Baltimore. And um, 
little, you know, a little later on, we found out she was about to have a child. And so um, we asked if we could do the American thing and have a shower for her. And um, they were a little leery because doing stuff before the baby is born is seen as kind of bad luck. Right. Or, was uh, he Hindu superstition? Yes. Yes. So okay. we were we were very careful. We talked it through with them and asked what we could do. And so they agreed to – we set up something at a restaurant in Baltimore, and they invited their friends to come and just basically have a time of fellowship and fun. Um, right before we left uh, to go to the shower, um, they called and asked if we could bring one of the husband's coworkers with us to Baltimore – Right. Because she, you know, wanted to be involved. So at this point, I'm going to turn the story over to my wife to tell the story about this young coworker. Okay. So um, Amrita showed up to our house and she just stepped into the apartment and started tearing up and um, said, I'm just so lonely. And we took her to the baby shower and we spent about four hours with her. And when we took her back to her home, it was like having to push her out of the car because she didn't want to leave. And mm. so we invited her to come back the next week and invited her to go to church with us if she wanted to or to meet us after church. And she said that as a Hindu, she had tried to go to church in India in a Christian church, but she wasn't allowed there. So she showed up bright and the early. Church, the church wouldn't allow her to come? Isn't that heartbreaking? Yes, it is. So she showed up early to our church, and we spent the weekend. She stayed overnight, and she started sharing little bits that she wasn't safe where she was living. So by the second weekend that she spent with us, we invited her to move in with us. And um, the couple that she was living with, when the wife would leave for work, the man would start, um, you know, grabbing her, and she was afraid she was going to be raped. Oh, wow. So this young no. girl, she was a Ph.D. student, and she moved in with us for four months while she was finishing her degree. And we cooked together and laughed together, and she went to church with us every Sunday and would come to Bible study and wouldn't say much, but then a couple days later would come back with questions. And we bought her a Bengali Bible, and then that made BJ and um, Proka kind of jealous because they wanted a Bengali Bible, so we bought them one. (laughs) And um, so it was just this beautiful time to speak Jesus into her life and to live it in front of her. You know, this is, you know, this is fascinating to me that that when you are talking about being Jesus' hands and feet, it's not something that you guys have done, which is sort of something extra that you could do. I mean, you opened your home to her and you took her in to live with you. Definitely. And apparently this wasn't something that you were paid to do or you got any compensation for. It was just because of God's love for this young woman who wasn't a Christian, wasn't a believer, but she had a need and you said, okay, then you'll come to live with us. Yes. And she did um, say that she loves Jesus, but he kind of fit with her other gods. Yeah. And so it was Jesus really, is one of those gods. Yes. Really planting okay. seeds of faith and, see, and watering it with God's love. Right. Wow. That's, I, I just, you know, I want to encourage those who are listening 
um, to this broadcast of Tales of the Kingdom uh, to understand that when we offer ourselves to the Lord to be his hands and feet, it's not just something that um, we do as what we have time left over for, but it may be that God is calling us to actually give our lives, give our home, and give what's, you know, core to our living situation rather than doing, you know, what we have time left over to do. Bob, you said that the uh, we didn't get paid to do this, that type of thing, but the rewards were immeasurable. Um, so you got paid, not in dollars. No, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this young lady was just precious, is precious. And the story doesn't end there. So she leaves D.C., goes home. She knows she's going to get an arranged marriage. So we pray for her that God will arrange the right person and um so then she calls and says oh my we're married and my husband's got a job in back in the states in oregon and we said well that's not too far away we can and then two weeks later she calls us and says oh his job's changed it's now in tempe arizona where you live right so (laughs) um we were able to connect with her here um help them get moved into their home and we actually taught her to swim. She didn't know how to swim. And, okay. Um, so we exchanged, you know, dinner at our house, dinner at their house multiple times. Um, but right now we don't have an ongoing relationship because we think the it's been uh, cut off by, by somebody in the family. Oh, really? Okay. So uh, she now has a child, but we do keep up with her on Facebook and stuff like that. And um, we're praying that the Lord would reopen the door for us to get back involved in their lives. Well, you know, I'm reminded um, of the the scripture that says that where God promises that when you do what I ask you to do, there is fruit, whether we see it or not. Absolutely. And the two of you may never see the fruit, but I believe that God has accomplished eternal purposes because of your obedience. Thank you. I just want to sort of as a station break remind those that uh, who are um, listening or watching us that you're watching Tales of the Kingdom, listening to Tales of the Kingdom, in which we invite people just like you who have responded to God's call to be Jesus' hands and feet in their lives. Uh, Scott, um, you are also involved with a with a ministry called GTN. Tell us what that is and what your role is with that. Okay. Well, both of us are involved in that. So as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, those pathways, we taught people to be goers, senders, receivers, or welcomers is another term we use for it. Um, So in our um, careers, we basically had time to be to welcomers, to be we had befriended Chinese students from different universities and stuff like that over the years. But when we retired in um, 2017, 2018, uh, I went back to Phoenix Seminary and got a degree um, wow. then. And then when we when Sandra retired in two, uh, 2018, we joined Global Training Network. So Global Training Network is an organization that um, 
trains pastors in the majority world. So okay. the, the staff is, it started with our former pastor. He left the pastorate, started doing the work himself. Um, over time, the, the staff has grown to about 180 people, uh, mostly former pastors that basically select an area of the world. Now, you know, Scott, when you talk about staff, are you talking about paid staff or are these volunteer staff? They are, um, they've raised their own support. They're, so okay. they're, they're missionary staff that have raised their All own right. support. And they're former pastors? Yes. Okay. Most of them. I mean, okay. we have, All right. I mean, obviously, neither Sandra or I are pastors, and we have a number of women that are. What do you mean you're not pastors? Well, <laughs> we weren't in the pastorate. Okay. So, All right. I mean, gotcha. You're, you're correct. Right. You're correct. Um, that we have the qualifications, but anyway, we didn't serve as a pastor. Right. Um, okay. So that's what I meant by that. But so we joined that, and now we're in the goer category. So we basically are basically taking the opportunity. We've been to Ethiopia together, did uh, two weeks of training there in four different cities. And so, you know, they've asked us to teach hermeneutics, homiletics, you know, things, you know, I never even could say the word before. Um, <laughs> but um, And we just had a blast. We just... It was so amazing to be, even though we're talking through translators, to be involved in the lives of these people that passionately want to serve their church. Right. And so, you, you know, I'm, I'm I'm touched, Scott, by the emotion in your voice. It sounds like you really love doing that. We do. Amen. Amen. Again. Yeah. Such a blessing. Yeah. And and I understand, Scott, that you're 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 doing that even though you have some health challenges. Tell us about that. And how does that work together? Um well, I'm not sure at this point. So the first trip we went, we went to Ethiopia, like I said, on the way home I got sick. They had to divert the plane to a different airport to drop me off at an emergency room and for two years, I've been basically battling some health problems, but I'm back. I'm through that now. Um, I'm feeling really good, and we're in discussions with some dear friends of ours to go with them to Zambia next year. Um, they do a they they've been in Zambia now for multiple years, continuing to train the church leaders, and so they've invited us to be a part of a team going there in May. Um, I just need to make sure that my immunity system is such that I can be exposed to that type of environment before I right. jump on an airplane. Now, it, it, it's uh, it's interesting to me that, okay, you were on your way home from Ethiopia and you got sick, yes, which sir. leads me to say that if you put two and two together, it might be something that happened to you while you were in Ethiopia. And still – you're planning to go again. Now, is that crazy or is that stupid <laughs> or is that you're so committed to the idea that God has called you to do that, that irrespective of the consequences that you continue to be Jesus' hands and feet? Well, my wife's going to tell you a story about our translator. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
Go ahead, Sandra. When we were in Ethiopia, um, our translator came to us and said that she just um, had like a vision, a dream in the night, and that she was supposed to pray for Scott and asked if she could come to our room and pray. And um, we just felt like that was really the Lord um, preparing us for what we were going to face in the next two years and that he was the one who would meet our needs and um, strengthen us and carry Uh us through. So... And he has faithfully carried us through. Yeah, Scott uh, mentioned the different ways that we can serve, but there's also the givers and the prayers that yeah. are real important categories. And we really feel like God's bringing the nations also to us here in America so that we can reach out to them. And so that's been a privilege I've had is working with refugees here in the United States. And I've had to overcome my fear of driving. I hate driving. And, you know, the refugee community isn't in our neighborhood. So this summer I had the privilege of going um, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays all day and using my teaching skills to teach science and English. And then as you build relationships, you get to share with the children about Christ. So we had one little boy, Musa, who he did not want to hear anything about Christ. He'd say, I don't want to hear Jesus. Muhammad is my prophet. Muhammad is my prophet. So before science class, I was sharing the Evangicube, and I had five kids in my small group, and I shared with the two girls and you know manipulated it and shared the gospel, and then they wanted to do it. So I shared the gospel again, and then the boys next to Musa, I shared with them, and they did it too, and I shared again and never talked to Musa about it, but he leaned in both times and listened mm. in, you know, and it was so cool. And so I still get to go every Wednesday um, afternoon, and we do tutoring with the kids and get to love on them and help them learn English and do their schoolwork, but more than anything, just be a light for Jesus. Right. Okay. And have you been, how long have you been doing that, Susan? Um, so I did it all summer and then um, this school year. Yeah. And, and have, you, have you seen any impact? Um, from what you've been, how you've been ministering to these refugee children? What the goal is, is to build relationship with the children and then the um, staff on Go 10, Go to Every Nation, go and meet with the families. So I've been building relationships with a young girl, Peruth, from Congo. And um, I've been doing a lot of tutoring directly with her and was able to tell her the story of Ruth out of the Bible since it connected with her name and um, am working right now in being able to go to her home and be able to speak. And then when we go into the homes, we ask them to share a story from their nation, from their culture, and then we share a story of Jesus. And so it's it's, um, said that it takes many cups of tea um, with Muslim people or people from different nations. So there's a lot of relationship building um, but then the Lord just opens up doors as you're faithful in doing that. Right. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So I want to come back to you, Scott. Um, tell us, um, ha- have you been able to see um, impact or results from your going to other places to teach and to share with pastors? Yes. Yeah, so in, uh, in Ethiopia, I taught hermeneutics and a friend of mine taught homiletics. So we chose the same Bible passage to right. uh, train from. Yes. And then he, in the last session, he asked 
anybody who he had asked them to write a sermon. And so then he asked several volunteers to come up, and I just could not believe how passionate these people were. They were speaking in Amharic, so we didn't totally understand what they were saying, but our uh, translator basically filled us in, and yes. they were just very passionate people in love with the Lord and just preaching the word powerfully um, based on the— And these are people—these uh, are pastors who have not had any other formal training? Yes, they, they are in a training program, and we come in and do part of that training for them. Okay. Um, and, you know, I think out of the four people, two women and two men got up, and they were equally powerful in what they were able to, in the message that they preached, and equally passionate. Um, and okay, so, in, the 30, in the 30 seconds we have left in our time together, what would you say to those who are listening— how would you encourage them in their own lives, their own busy lives, to be Jesus' hands and feet? Now we've got about 20 seconds for you to close. Well, first thing I would say is reach out to a local university. They all have campus ministry programs, you know, international students, incorporate whatever, Chi Alpha. Um, get connected with a foreign student right where you are and realize the blessing that it is to be involved in their life. Amen. You know, the 95% of the students that come to the United States never see the inside of an American home. That's tragic. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Susan. Thank you so much for your willingness to share with us. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.